So I'd like to invite Donnie up, who's going to go first. Please give Donnie a big round of applause as he comes and shares this morning. I'll pray. Father, I thank you for Donnie. We thank you for his obedience. And Lord, we pray that he would just have a great time in your word this morning. And we would enjoy what you have spoken to him about uh, that will feed us through him, through you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Kia ora, church. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Donnie, and I'm almost not an intern anymore. Um, in case anyone hasn't seen, there's a GoPro down here, and it's filming me because this is my last assignment. So Kilda, Simon, and Brett, who are going to be um, assessing me. So to say I'm feeling nervous is an understatement. Rightio. Let go, let God. Um, this is the title of my message, and it seemed like a good place to start with my message. Uh, I'm not going to lie, being up here with all of you looking at me, I feel like you're a pack of hungry lions, and I'm just a little gazelle, and you will look hungry. So hopefully, God has given me something that you can take home and chew on. So here goes. I'm going to say something, and hopefully it's a little bit challenging. We need to let go of the desires of our sinful nature and let the Spirit of God dwell within and empower us. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are empowered to live a life that can be pleasing to God. So today I'm going to be speaking on Romans chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles handy, Um, or on your phone. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. And just whilst we do that, let me set the scene for you real quick. So Paul uh, is writing to the new Christians in Rome. They've just come back from Jerusalem, from Pentecost, and he's writing to encourage them. Uh, For those of you who don't know who Paul is, he was a guy by the name of Saul and pretty much led the persecution on the Christians. He was the guy running around stoning people, um, t- yeah, doing all kinds of things. And uh, he had a divine encounter with Jesus and did a 180-degree turn and became one of the most prolific Christians, certainly of his time. Um, and he is credited with running, uh, writing most of the, old, uh, of the New Testament. So, uh, before we crack into this, you should know that I am an NIV kind of guy. So, the word uh, throughout the passage is flesh, and it kind of got me thinking, that's not a word we typically use in a day-to-day setting. So, what does Paul mean by this word flesh? So, is is Paul talking about skin and bone, or how about a tasty steak on the braai? I know I've probably lost all the South Africans in the audience. This will be over quickly, and you can go home to your casserole soon, I promise. (laughs) But it got me thinking. Paul is probably not talking about flesh. In this context, the term flesh is used to convey the idea of our human sinful nature. Um, And this gets alluded to in uh, verse 3, uh, when we get to it. So I haven't made up this idea. We'll, we'll see how Paul conveys this idea through the text. So throughout the message, just need you to remember that flesh equals sinful nature. So as we read through chapters, uh, Roman chapter 8, 1 to 11, just keep in mind flesh, sinful nature. Now up on the screen, I've 
put in brackets sinful nature where it helps so that we can all be on the same page together. So if you haven't found it, it's Romans 8, 1 to 11. Originally, I was going to read out the entire passage, uh, but my voice is very boring, and it's quite long, and I've only got 15 minutes, and I've already used up seven. So for your homework when you go home, is uh, you've got to read Romans uh, 8, 1 to 11, 11 whole verses. Uh, I'm not going to speak on every single verse, but I'm going to cover most of it. So who's ever doubted if you're really saved? Have you ever been sitting in a situation where you're thinking, whoa, what, what just happened? Or you've been in a situation when something just bubbles up outside of you, or you, you speak out something and you get triggered and it's like, where, where, where did that come from? Is Jesus really in me? Am I really empowered by the Holy Spirit? I've definitely had a few of those moments. I don't know if it's because I'm a tradie and I get, thanks, Bryn. That's good encouragement. Thanks, Bryn. One person's been in those situations with me. Oh, and Fiona, cheers. Three more? Yes. Oh, maybe it's I'm a tradie and I get into a frustrating situation and I just need to get this light to fit and it just won't. And then I get frustrated or I'm driving home from work and I'm coming into Rolleston and no one can merge like a zip. How good is God at showing you your pitfalls in traffic? Amen. So Romans 8 verses 3 and 4, I'm going to read this to you. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Thanks, Lyndon. You see, no one's perfect, not a single person. Maybe Jesus. Okay, fine. Jesus was perfect. And Paul believed Jesus was perfect. And you look back in verse 3 and 4, we can see a few things. So first, as a human, we are powerless to live up to God's perfect law. So God gave the Ten Commandments and a bunch of laws that you read through the Old Testament and you can see time and time again, we're unable to meet that standard. Then the second is that Jesus came in our likeness in our likeness. Jesus was skin and bone and flesh. Um, and, so, and he came to live a perfect life so that God could condemn humanity's sin on a perfect sacrifice. So Jesus was, came in our likeness. He lived a perfect life to the law. And then Jesus, uh, God could, he could take all of the sin for us. The third, and this was done so that God's perfect law has been met when we live by the Holy Spirit. So Romans 8 verses 5, Paul goes, continues this idea in saying, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh uh, desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So you can see how Paul is really hammering home this point of the flesh versus the spirit. And it looks something like that. There's our sinful nature. We are powerless. And then on the other side is the Holy Spirit. 
Who's ever read this verse before? Those are who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Paul doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. No if and or buts. Maybe, maybe if you be real nice. Maybe if you volunteer at the Salvation Army. No. Those are who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So Paul's black and white here. We cannot live a life that's pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Who's ever had their hands tied up? Uh, at youth group uh, a couple months ago, we had uh, Constable Bruce Ward come in, and um, all of the youth wanted to get handcuffed. So there they were handcuffed, and I was like, this is brilliant. We should do this more often. None of you can get up to any mischief. Your hands are tied together. You are powerless. That's why the cops do it. So Paul's invitation is for us to let go and to let God, let go of our sinful nature and let God empower us, let God love us, let God embrace us, let God forgive us. He breaks down what Jesus did and explains how our sinful nature can never be pleasing to God. And then if we live our lives set on the things of the sinful nature, it will lead to death. Paul offers us this hope that when we accept Jesus, we receive His Holy Spirit. The Spirit empowers us to live a life that is pleasing to God and, that won't, and a life that can bring us life and peace. So he carries on his thought in the last part of the scripture I'm going to use. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Just the, the last bit of that passage, how powerful is that? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is within us. So, like me, there's a few people who put up their hands, but have you ever found yourself operating out of your flesh, your sinful nature? A couple of nods here. Yeah, people are getting more into it. Yes. So the flesh that Paul referred to as being as our sinful nature. So maybe you are struggling with a coworker that keeps getting under your skin and you react out of your sinful nature. Or maybe there's on the commute to work. I can definitely relate with that. Perhaps you're struggling with a habitual sin or perhaps a relationship. Or maybe you're sitting here wondering what Jesus is and wanting to receive the Holy Spirit? Are you feeling like you cannot overcome or that you don't have the strength, that you don't know what to do, you, you don't have the strength to do what you know is right? Well, I want to encourage you, and Paul wants to encourage you, that yes, yes you can. If you're a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit within you. In Romans 8 verses 2, Paul says, Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
Paul encourages us that through Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit sets us free. Paul opens this particular chapter with one of the greatest lines in the Bible. Come on, you really didn't think I was going to speak on Romans 8 with missing Romans 8 verses 1. Just build the suspense for a moment. Yeah, there it is. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Is that not the most, and like one of the best promises in the Bible? There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. I'd like to invite all of us to take a moment and reflect on our lives. So if you're happy to do so, just take, take this moment and, and bow your heads, close your eyes if you're comfortable, and just reflect. Maybe there's an area that we need to let the Spirit into. Maybe you'd like to invite the Holy Spirit into your life for the first time. Maybe you'd like to recommit a certain area of your life back to the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to be in an intimate and loving relationship with all of us. He is here. God is moving in your life. And the challenge every day is for each and every one of us to stop and think and consciously commit our lives to Jesus. Let go and let God. I'm going to finish in prayer if that's all right. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you are a loving God. Thank you that you have set us free by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. God, thank you for Jesus. He came as a willing sacrifice. He lived a perfect life and died for us. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that empowers us, that that gives us the strength to do what we know is right, even when it's hard. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well done, Donnie.